0: Undoubtedly, the biggest challenge in selling software to small businesses is make it really easy for them to use and adopt. One of the real competitive advantages that my case has had is speed to that first benefit. So getting their data in showing them around, making sure that when they get stuck, they can find their way to solve the problems themselves. So ease of use, ease of adoption are the the number one things. And if we ever find any sticky points, that becomes the number one priority for us to fix.
1: Welcome to the SMB Tech Innovators Podcast, powered by Gusto. On this show, we explore the intersection of fintech, vertical SaaS, and how software combats the rising complexity of running a business. Our goal is to share stories, advice, and best practices from the leaders and investors behind today's cutting-edge platforms. Here's your host, Shamrat Niyoki.
2: On this episode of the SMB Tech Innovators Podcast, my guest is Jim McGinnis. He's the president of growth of Affinapay, a financial services company that is changing the way professionals get paid. Affinapay is the parent to several companies like LawPay, CPA Charge, and ClientPay, and now my case, where Jim was previously CEO. Jim, you know, we've, we've known each other f- for some time. Uh, first, thanks for being on the show, and, and congrats on the acquisition. Thanks for having me. I'm super
0: excited to be here.
2: I know a lot of uh, our listeners are, are curious about that, and we'll talk about that more in a second, but I, I want to start talking about you. You have this really interesting background from starting to, if I remember, selling beer to working for one of the largest CPG companies in the world, and then you landed in tech. I, I'd love to have you share a little bit about your, your background and how you ended
0: up, at my case, where you became the CEO. Uh, thanks for asking. You know, everybody loves to talk about themselves, and so I could go on for the whole podcast, but I won't. Yeah, I have a, have had a little bit unusual career. I started with the Boston Beer Company, maker of Sam Adams, way back in 1987, when it was the nader of breweries in the United States, and since then the craft brewery industry, as you know, has has taken off extraordinarily. Learned how to sell in that position, and had a great time getting to know. Jim Cook and the entrepreneurial side of things there. And then I went back to business school, fell in love with marketing. And I spent over 11 years with Procter & Gamble, first in uh, Cincinnati. And then I was, believe it or not, in places as far flung as Guangzhou, China and Buenos Aires, Argentina. Switched horses to to PepsiCo, sold orange juice. So I can tell you how to get stains out of your clothes or how to make orange juice. (laughs) Did that for a few years with Tropicana there in Chicago. And then an old buddy from P&G days invited me uh, to help lead a division of Activision. So I got into video games, which is very cool. And my nieces and nephews love me dearly, making games for things like Tony Hawk and James Bond. And then I truly took a cocktail party slide and went into tax software with Intuit. But that's where I, I got involved with technology very deeply. And I got to know the accounting profession. And ultimately... That's what led me to where I am now when my case was carved out of Appfolio and they were looking for a CEO. I was invited to lead my case uh, starting last year, January of 2021. Has any of your experiences from
2: your time at, at Procter & Gamble, any of the lessons that you've learned from your
0: time there applied to what you do every day today? Absolutely. Uh, I would recommend any young person getting experience at an academy-like company like P&G because you take those lessons with you forever. I take, I give you two right off the top. One is superior products. Procter & Gamble is passionate about ensuring that all their products are the best in the market. And in every role that I've had, I have always challenged the team to ensure that our products were the best that they could be. The other is getting very close to and listening to the, the customer. AG Lafley. The former CEO of P&G used to talk about the customer is boss, and I've taken that philosophy with me ever since. I interned
2: at Procter and Gamble, and and what you what you shared completely resonates me. So, yes, superior products for sure. I was curious about your your jump from selling beer and then working for a software company. I know there was uh, what made from consumer companies to going into tech. What, What were you thinking about
0: that change? Well, I was always a tech guy. The reason I was invited to join Activision was this: the then CFO of Activision, Thomas Tipple, and I had connected our computers up with LAN cables to play video games in hotel rooms in Guangzhou, China in 1996. So I always was into technology, but really, it's been very exciting to come across. And uh, I'll just give you another quick story. I, I had the privilege to work under Scott Cook. And into it. And he also is a PG guy, and he shared with me the differences between software and consumer packaged goods. And very quickly, consumer packaged goods, they're inexpensive, and the benefit is right there. You open the bottle and you can smell the shampoo. But with technology, the promise, the benefit is down the road. First, you have to go through that divot of learning the software and, and changing your habits. And so I've always been passionate about helping our customers get as quickly as possible to that first moment of truth, the, the benefit of the product. Easy when you're selling detergent, difficult when you're selling software.
2: Yeah, for sure. Are you now a, a craft beer, beer person or are you true to your roots with, with Sam Adams?
0: No, I absolutely love IPAs. I kick myself for not having in, uh, been part of their introduction way back in the 80s, but I'm a huge dogfish head fan. <laughs> I have to ask I had to, I
2: had to ask. I have friends that uh, worked at cores and they, they they stick by their their brand of cores. You mentioned Intuit uh, and having a stint at Intuit where where and where you became passionate about the accounting profession and you know you've been a leader in the financial service industry for, for quite some time and as I was uh, learning more ab- about you uh, beyond what the conversations we've had, you were even selected for being the top 100 most influential people in the accounting industry for so three years running while you were at Intuit. Now you're at Infinipay, You're leading a company that builds products for the legal profession. How would you describe your approach to building financial services products? And what's different when you think about the legal market particularly?
0: Love that question. And it, it always leads me to the sort of fun stuff, which is, I was passionate about helping accountants, particularly smaller bookkeepers and accountants who were pro-advisors at Intuit, move to the cloud. And and my vision and evangelism for that, I think, led to that position on the the list. I'm not a CPA nor have any accounting background. My wife, however, is one. And we used to joke around the house that I had risen to the top of her profession. (laughs) The fun, though, I think, is that particularly on the small side of things, both accountants and lawyers are really small business owners, and they are passionate about helping their clients succeed. And that's what I've been about ever since, whether it's QuickBooks or, or my case, or now uh, LawPay in particular, even CPA Charge, helping professionals better serve their clients.
2: You're now at Affinapay, and you had a, a stint at, at my case before I got acquired. Lots going on in payments, I know Affinape has, has been on the Inc. 5,000 list of fastest growing companies for 10 years straight. Uh, but I have to ask you: when markets think about payments, they think of of Stripe. Like, how is Affinape standing out differently in in this market? And there's so many payment processing companies. Like, how are you all standing
0: out? It's a great question as well. Look, I think the future is the verticalization of these things. And you know, Stripe is an excellent product and it's used by, you know, many, many people. What makes LawPay and other AfiniPay products really special is that they solve the particular needs of the vertical that we serve. I'll give you an example. For LawPay, we're very aware of the importance of compliance with trust accounting. And so we make it very easy for lawyers to make sure that their trust accounts are inviolable. They're able to move payments very easily to either their operating or trust accounts and keep them separate. Also, we will hold on to the fees until the end of the month. So when they get the uh, payment from their client, it goes directly into their appropriate account. Only at the end of the month do we charge them the fees for the credit card payments. That's really important, both for compliance. It definitely comes out of the operating account, not the trust account. And also for bookkeeping. It makes it super easy. Now, something like Stripe, which is a generalist solution, does things differently, which is good enough for everybody. But ours is excellent for the people we serve. So, I mean, you
2: mentioned something that is a Pretty important to kind of double click into is the the shift to vertical specific solutions. I mean, and, and payments effectively with Law Pay and, and Stripe. Do you think that's just going to happen across every industry? You
0: know, every. I back in my Procter and Gamble days, I learned to avoid totalities. So every <laughs> okay, there's another lesson there. Is is a, is a difficult word to say, but I think many. If not most industries, absolutely. You know, everybody's a little bit different how they do their accounting, how they serve their customers, what their specific needs are. And if someone can better serve them, why not? I'll give you a couple of examples. Law pay is recommended by all 50 state bar associations because we're the most compliant and easiest to use for lawyers. So there's an uh, example of verticalization. My case acquired a couple of really interesting Smaller practice management solutions. One is CasePeer, which better serves personal injury lawyers than even my case can or any of our competitors. And also, we acquired DocketWise, which better serves immigration firms. Now, personal injury are different because they deal with settlements and and a lot of litigation and need to keep track of you know medical costs and data. That's just not something generalist lawyers do. And in DocketWise, it's very form intensive, and so. Docket-wise, uh, or immigration is very form-intensive. So, docket-wise is built around smart forms that makes it easy for the immigration lawyers to collect the data that they need. So, I think that the specific solutions will always ultimately beat the generalist horizontal solution. And, and so, what's interesting,
2: you know, you talked about my case. Obviously, we're there through the acquisition. You know, my wife's an attorney, and when I think about the legal profession, you know, it's not considered the sort of first market that is thinking about innovation and adopting new software. I'd love to understand how how you are seeing what's happening in the legal market that's driving companies to invest in technology like LaPay and my case.
0: Yeah, you know, the uh the trend is there and and I have shared before and I'll share again my vision for where things are heading. It starts with moving To the cloud. And the reason for that is you get your data out from that little prison under your desk that's your hard drive up where uh, it's safe and secure and can be used. That leads to a single platform solution where all the data gets entered once and used many times by all the relevant applications. From there, you get automation. And that's why people do it in the end, is because it allows them to be more productive, get more work done, serve their clients better with less hours. And many of these industries, particularly the professional are in a billable model. And then finally, all of that unlocks the stuff that is beyond the scope of today's conversation, but the, the really advanced technologies like AI and ML. So that, I think, is the future. Legal profession may be a little bit behind. I remember 10 years ago, I was trying to convince accountants that they were going to move to the cloud and away from things like QuickBooks Desktop. And I it was like a scene in Shrek. They were going to take me out with pitchforks and uh, torches. But now the accounting profession is very much there. The legal profession may be a few years behind, but not many. So I think the continued investment by so many, the improved solutions that are coming out, and the ease of adoption that we're all working on will accelerate the trend towards those four steps that I talked about just then.
2: So Jim, uh, you've, you know, my case is now part of AffinePay, and I'm curious about what led to to this opportunity for you all. I mean, it, it seems like my case was doing really, really well, and the market, as you stated, is shifting to the cloud, and the time is now. Like, what led to this opportunity for you all?
0: Absolutely, uh, we never intended to go so quickly uh, when we were carved out of Appfolio. The intent was to invest and go to market and product and accelerate our growth. And and we did. We were growing very nicely and had acquired four companies and thought it was going to be a good long run when we were approached by Affinapay, the parents of LawPay. They shared our vision of verticalization of software and the importance of embedded fintech in that software. And with a few conversations, it really became apparent we were great together. They have the best payments offering in the business and a lot of innovation in fintech. With over like nine point five out of ten on ease of use, they're they're fantastic. I mentioned before the 50 state bars I recommend them, so they're a great solution. And then you know my case with a more than 60 net promoter and increasing adoption was a good fit for them. At the end of the day, it came down to the customers. Together, we have 65,000 customers. We serve over 200,000 legal professionals. And the cross-sell opportunities are amazing. Less than 50% of my case customers are penetrated with a law pay or payment solution. And over 30,000 of law pays firms do not currently use a modern Legal practice management solution, and so the opportunity to work together to focus our innovation and ultimately sell into each other's bases. May this a legal tech marriage made in heaven.
2: There's a lot that's happening in the the legal sort of technology market. I know there's lots of investment happening. We, we I saw that Filevine raised some money recently. I know that Clio is another player in this market and. And clearly, there's there's obviously acquisitions you all have done through through my case, uh, my case, and and now, you know, being part of the the law pay my case partnership. Like, what do you think it's going to look like in five years? I mean, do we think that there is going to be multiple billion dollar companies in legal, and where are we on this uh, on this on this journey?
0: Yeah, uh, it's only going to accelerate. There's an enormous amount of value still. To be created, a very large number of firms that don't have a complete workflow and, and fintech stack. There's a lot of private equity money uh, and other money coming in, investing in. And then the reason they invest is because there's so much value to be shared with the end customer. And some of the areas that I talked about before about productivity and automation, and eventually the, the advanced technologies means that this is only going to accelerate. There will be many multi billion dollar companies. We're, we're now together with FiniPay, my case is a double unicorn. We're the largest in the space, but there are others out there that have achieved unicorn status. And I'm confident over the next five years, it'll be more than two handfuls. What are the areas
2: that you think require more innovation in, in legal tech? Like, if you had to sort of think about areas that are more green space, where do you think are, is really interesting for
0: you? and even my case overall? So I I think there are three. One is, and it sounds crazy, but lawyers, so much of their time is document management. So I think document automation, helping them collect the data, create the documents, manage the documents and get them signed and filed, all that, that end-to-end workflow and documents is very important in the legal space. The second is, as I mentioned before, many of these firms are small businesses and they need and want help finding clients, bringing the right clients in, and helping to make them as profitable as they can. And so I think customer intake and client management is the second. And then the third, where the combination with LawPay and the Finipay makes so much sense is the area about FinTech. There's so much wonderful innovation going on there. A great example is LawPay recently introduced client credit, which is a buy now, pay later offering specific for the legal profession. So as we bring more of these, I think, very powerful embedded fintech ideas to market, I think we can help our law firms better serve their clients. You mentioned embedded fintech products. I mean, a lot of this is relatively new. I
2: mean, you all are pioneers in this area as well with LawPay. How do you put your product hat on, which I know you do all the time Is as we always chat about, like, how do you measure the benefit of embedded fintech products? And how do you make the choice of what to work on over the other alternatives as you make product investments?
0: That absolutely is the hardest thing. And I think it comes from three places. The first is scans of the marketplace, not just the legal profession, but where innovation is headed in various areas. And, you know, buy now, pay later. Client credit is a great example of this. This is coming up in so many sort of consumer spaces. It only makes sense to make it available in the legal profession as well. The second is scans for big problems to be solved. An example of this is we're launching accounting in just a few days. On my case, because we heard from our customers that they would like an integrated accounting solution where their time and billing, uh, their general ledger, and their payments are all right there in front of them in their practice management solution. So that would be the second. And then the third, it's a constant interaction with our customers to understand their problems. We get hundreds, if not thousands, of suggestions across the business of little things that we can do to improve the the product. And so we're we're on a bi-weekly release cycle where you, you have to keep up with all the great things that were launched. Well, first of all, c- congrats again
2: on the acquisition. Excited about where the legal market is going. And with now my case being part of of and what you're doing with LawPay, I want to switch gears to just talk about the SMB market overall. And you have a long career building and marketing software for small businesses, and more recently with, in the legal profession. What do you think is the biggest challenge today selling software to, to small
0: businesses? Undoubtedly, the biggest challenge in selling software to small businesses is make it really easy for them to use and adopt. One of the real competitive advantages that my case has had is speed to that first benefit. So getting their data in showing them around, making sure that when they get stuck, they can find their way to solve the problems themselves. So ease of use, ease of adoption are the, the number one things. And if we ever find any sticky points, that becomes a number one priority for us to fix. Well, ease of use is something that uh, certainly resonates with
2: how we approach things here at Gusto. I want to be mindful of your time. We appreciate all that you have done for the legal industry, the accounting industry, and Jim, if anybody wants to connect and, and contact you, what's the
0: best way to connect with you? Yeah, uh, it's really fun. You know, I have worked for very large companies over the years, but my case is still a little place. So you can always get me at jim.mcginnis at mycase.com and let me know what it's about. I'm not always the best person to answer the question, but I'm pretty good at uh, uh, air traffic control. So I'll make sure either I or somebody gets back to you.
2: Well, thank you, Jim. There will be links to any resources mentioned in today's shows and to show notes. And thanks again for listening and keep a lookout for the next episode. And thanks, Jim, again for your time.
0: Thanks so much for having me. This has been great fun.
1: Thank you for listening to the SMB Tech Innovators Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode of the SMB Tech Innovators Podcast is brought to you by Gusto Embedded. Gusto has spent a decade building and testing its payroll, tax filing, and compliance infrastructure, which is available as a robust set of APIs, so you can develop custom-tailored payroll solutions. For more information, go to embedded.gusto.com.